I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hi, Eve. Hey, Kieran. How are you? Ready to do this thing. Yeah, yeah, me too. We've been in the, like, ADHD, like, I have an appointment, can't think about anything until the appointment mode with this episode for a little bit. Yeah. It's been my day. And I and I have not made it easier by being just an absolute ball of chaos. <laughs> totally fine. It's um, we're, we're not saying that to to make it about <laughs> you at all here. It's just like this is a really hard topic and it's really important and I'm really glad you're here to talk about it. Yeah, um do you want to introduce yeah. yourself before we just dive in and I'm going to note real quick before we start that We're going to be talking a lot about child abuse. So if you're listening and you're not in a great state to talk about child abuse, uh, skip this and come back when you're ready. Okay. Now, now introduce yourself. Yeah. uh, So my name is Talia Laven. I'm a journalist. I wrote a book uh, called Culture Warlords, My Journey into the Dark Web of White Supremacy that uh, deals with extremist online communities. And for the past month, I've been writing on a Substack uh, called The Sword and the Sandwich, which is a, a goofy title, but um, love it. I love uh, it. This, past, <laughs> this past week, I started a series, which it will be three parts, about corporal punishment in evangelical households. And the first installment was called Ministry of Violence, and it was about overall kind of this culture. I read a lot of evangelical parenting books, And uh, I was very lucky, you know, I put out a call on my Twitter basically saying, if you were raised with James James Dobson, with the Pearls, with other doctrines like this, you know, and you want to talk about your childhood, like, please, please reach out. And uh, the response was huge. I mean, 150 people got in touch with me in a matter of Is that what you expected? I mean, I have a large audience. I have like 150,000 something Twitter followers, which is insane. So I was expecting it to to reach people. I just like, what I was surprised by, I think, was the eagerness that people had to tell their stories. And also there was a gratitude almost from the jump before I wrote a word that anyone cared, that anyone cared at all enough to write about it. And actually what inspired me to write the series was like kind of a weird one. I I did one of my, I I very, very rarely write film reviews. But I have a nascent and ongoing interest in extremist Christianity and Christian nationalism in the U.S. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Um, <laughs> well, it, you know, it's like I'm Jewish. It, it's not my culture, but I, uh, when you're studying the far right, it's kind of unavoidable. Yeah. Uh, and so I watched this documentary, The Way Down, um, on HBO Max, which is about the Remnant Fellowship Church and blonde-haired tyrant. Gwen Shamblin Lara. And so the third episode started talking about child abuse within that church, which wound up being, it wound up being fatal. Like two parents killed their kid under the guise Mm -hmm, of discipline mm -hmm. during a service. And the church like paid for their defense lawyers. (laughs) It was very intense. And like, and the the episode started talking about corporal punishment in the church at large. But like, what bothered me is that the documentary presented it as something unique to this admittedly like extreme and weird church so I, was like, I, I know <laughs> I, wish. I know enough yeah I know enough about like I've just like I have kind of I wouldn't say creeped out but I've like been reading and appreciating stuff from the evangelical community for a while and I'm like I know this isn't limited to this like you can't present this as a freak of this this church's weird weight loss based theology and so I read the first chapter of To Train Up a Child by Michael and Debbie Pearl, <laughs> which was one of the most disgusting things I've ever read. And I've read Nazi Manifesto. And I will just say for our listeners, if you don't know this book, one, don't pick it up. Two, it's not as bad as her marriage book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I read just a segment of the marriage book about their honeymoon. Oh, I was God. like, yeah it's appalling i read uh the first chapter and i was like this is incredibly violent and sadistic Mm -hmm. and i realized i'm like there's a story here 
this uh, this book has sold 1.2 million copies. Yeah. And then some very smart people who are much more aware of this culture than me, are like, you should read James Dobson and focus on the family. And so <laughs> it just snowballed and I wound up reading a bunch of Dobson books, the Pearl books, a book called a hideous and disgusting book called Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. And then, <laughs> My parents you know, love that one. It's fucking horrifying. I mean, and so I, I, I uh, and then talking to all these people, I wound up writing a questionnaire because I just couldn't interview a hundred people individually. And like people were so generous and thoughtful with their responses. And I included as many as I could while still leaving it like a coherent piece. Mm-hmm. And the response has been immense. I mean, 50,000 people have looked at this piece on my stupid wow. stuff. Deck. Like, wow. Um, That's amazing. Which is in a couple of days. Like, um, yeah, it hasn't been up. It's been up two days. Yeah. It's, I, um, it's been just like just over 48 hours wow. at this point and like 50,000 people have looked at it more people every day, people of different races, like, and even people who are not from an evangelical background. Like I talk about the theology of child abuse in the piece um, quite a bit, but also just like people saw themselves, I think, in just like the frank recollections of people who are reflecting on what corporal punishment did to them. And like corporal punishment is very central to U.S. Mm -hmm. parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, So my research, I know that like thankfully (laughs) support for spanking has been steadily decreasing in recent decades it's now we're now down to just under half of the American public. Uh, according to the general social social survey from 2018, <laughs> the 2020 data is like technically out, but it's like raw and really hard mm-hmm. to search. They haven't like kind of made it user friendly. Right, right, right. Um, but in 2018, it was 44% of the American public supported disciplining a child by spanking. But interestingly, <laughs> Uh, there wasn't like a really comfortable proxy question for like, what do evangelicals think? But there was a question of like, do you consider yourself a born again Christian? Mm-hmm. I know that's not a perfect. Mm-hmm. But proxy. the term born again Christian is is a tends to be a a like cue word for evangelicals versus like so if you're born again, the, like the idea is like, oh yeah, you came to your faith as an adult after like being raised and like you weren't baptized as a child, like that kind of thing. So there's there's some like cluing in that that suggests that that's the audience there. Yeah, I, like I said, not a perfect proxy question, but like a a somewhat okay proxy question. There was another question about like, uh, have you personally like tried to convince someone to believe in Jesus Christ? That I thought was <laughs> yeah, that's also a good one. Yes, <laughs> maybe a better question, but it was only asked in like eight years out of the forty of the survey. But anyway, if you subtract the born again if you look at the born again christians and their stance on spanking it's very stark like it, it's 51% and then if you you know you subtract them from the general population it's 31% which is of course like still really yeah. high but you know there was like a definite there's like a sort of broad and widening gap there as like support is decreasing among both groups much 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 more slowly among you know, self-identified born-again Christians. So that was definitely interesting. And then the other things to note is just like the U.S. is very, very much, as in so many things, a cruel outlier in the developed world with regards to corporal punishment. We have a story to tell you about that and why that is on this particular topic. But I want to get back to that. First, I want to ask just like, how has it been for you as an outsider reading these materials and hearing these stories? I mean, obviously this is heavy stuff, but I think that, you know, one of the most validating experiences that those of us who leave have is when people like our therapists or normie friends tell us like that was really fucked up. And I, I get the sense that that's kind of also been your experience of reading this stuff. Well, I mean, reading Dobson, reading The Pearls, reading Ted Tripp, like the most foreign element to me was this idea that obedience is the primary and almost sole quality to be prized in a child. (laughs) Obedience should be instantaneous, should be cheerful, should be, uh, you know, 
should be absolutely without question. Mm-hmm. And that you needed to train your child with physical violence to make sure that that was always the case. You know, these doctrines of intense emotional control, where you're monitoring your kid's reaction to you hitting them mm-hmm. and, you know, hitting them, if again, if they're insufficiently cheerful mm-hmm. after being hit. I mean, so, I mean, I grew up, let's say, like, my, my, my childhood, uh, I also grew up in a fundamentalist community in its own way. Like, I grew up an Orthodox Jew, not an ultra-Orthodox Jew, but but you know serious about it uh, religion religion was part of my life every single day mm-hmm. and i grew up in basically a separatist uh, ethnic enclave um and like went to all jewish schools didn't meet a non-jew till i was you know in college mm. so it was very serious very intense and i i, I did not have a childhood bereft of violence i i don't want to go into further detail but let's say like some of these experiences were not alien to me yeah. But the idea of the child as, as submissive, uh, submissive and obedient above all things, and like that's what a godly child is, was both foreign to me and also I found it very creepy <laughs> and like horrifying. Like, I'm just like, what a terrible, creepy way to raise a kid. I mean, like, it's, there's, it's no surprise that there's a like massive like pedophile problem in the evangelical community. I mean, it's like submit to authority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the, the chief thing you teach your kids and you enforce it with violence. Yep. Like that it's grooming. was, it's, it's both grooming and also I think, and this is, this is not an argument I've made in the series. It may like make its way in. It's certainly something I've started to think about is like when you raise your kids in, to, in such an authoritarian fashion and to believe that absolute submission to authority is the chief and primary virtue. Like, you are grooming authoritarian adults. Mm-hmm. And, like, there is an interest... So the, the author, uh, her name is Janet Heilman. Let me look, let me look at this. Uh, I'm in the legion of horrendous books on my phone. <laughs> There's an interesting book that I read for the piece called Breaking Their Will, Shedding the uh, Light on Religious Child Maltreatment by Janet Heimlich. It's like, I don't know, like, it's not the greatest book in the world. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that she said, she had an interesting take on authoritarian parenting where she's like, essentially what, like the, the sort of parent child bond, the authentic, an authentic parent child bond, a loving one right. um, is a challenge to authoritarian institutions. And if you, and so when you um, sort of get, get in between the church like gets in between parent child bonds it it there's a social dictum mm-hmm. uh, like to to abuse your kids corporal yeah and so it strips away the autonomy of the parent and it primes everyone involved to preserve the church and break down their own individualism yeah. so i thought that was really interesting and applicable to current day events and just you know random ways <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, all kinds of things, but like the idea that it, this is a perpetuation method of the church yeah. was interesting to me. Like, and it is like when you look at, I mean, because I'm not a neutral party here. <laughs> like, I'm very anti-hitting kids. I, I think it's bad. I know it didn't do anything good for me, and I don't think it does anything good for anyone. There are a lot of people who disagree. <laughs> And so when you say in public, don't hit your kids, which is something I've been tweeting out a lot, because I'm like, don't hit your it's fucking so kids. It's so basic. It it really is. And then people just show up with, first of all, there's the I turned out fine oh God. brigade, yeah. which, the, which I'm like, honestly, honestly you're here publicly advocating child have assault. Have you ever been to therapy? No, you haven't. Shut up. <laughs> like, and then there's the, like, it's important to teach them structure and boundaries. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like the lesson you're imparting by inflicting physical violence on a small and helpless being is not boundaries, but like fear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're teaching them fear. You're teaching them that people who they rely on for survival can also inflict pain mm-hmm. and like will. Um, well, and it also like so, yeah. teaches them that love involves pain mm-hmm. and being gaslit about yeah. your, your pain. Yeah, like, I mean, so just to go back to your original question, yeah, I found the books fucking horrifying. <laughs> like, I was reading The Pearls, I was reading Dobson, 
Dobson is a deeply fucked up person. And I think, so I'm, I don't quite know if I'm going to include this in, in the subsequent parts, but like, I think he's a sexual sadist. I think he gets off on the things he writes about. And it's like so telling and foundational that he includes this anecdote in all of his books about child rearing, or at least the two I read, the strong-willed child and, and dare to discipline of like his mom beating him with her girdle and like feeling the buckles and straps of her girdle and then being like, and I never sassed her again. Mm. I'm like, I think that some wires got crossed in you, maybe, Jimmy. You know, and like he also opens he, he opens the strong willed child with an anecdote about beating the shit out of a twelve pound dachshund yep. for sleeping on a fuzzy toilet seat, which like with a belt. Who among us wouldn't? The thing, the thing, the thing about the blanket training stuff when it's talked about, it's like it feels like bad dog parenting, you know, d- bad dog discipline applied to children. And like, you wouldn't even do that for a dog. <laughs> like this is not how humans work. This is not how any of this works. And it's so aggressive and it's so violent and it assumes so much about the individual being beaten um, and their inability to work with you or to understand what's going on so like the the blanket training i mean as i read the the pearls what what i it was like put your kid on the floor and then put something they might Mm -hmm. want near them and then smack them every time they they reach for it until they don't and i'm like and start the super i mean all of these books emphasize starting super early dobson is like moderate and that he's like wait till they're 15 months not four months like the others right whereas the pearls are like our four-month-old daughter were was curious about climbing up the crawling up the stairs so we started switching her on the bare legs at five months old like you know i have kids in my life like through family members i'm not going to specify for security reasons (laughs) good like sorry nazis hate me (laughs) and my family and i like when i hang out with these kids first of all i'm just like Okay, I have so many thoughts. I'm, I'm sorry. It's like, it's just, what are you teaching by hitting a baby for crawling? You, you know, for being curious, right? You, you, you're punishing them for curiosity. You're punishing them for enthusiasm. You're punishing them for motility. And for developing like, normally. For, like, for being curious about the world around them. Yeah. yeah utterly healthy developmental milestones essentially and and particularly so the the ezos also featured in my research mm-hmm. of baby wise child wise and raising kids god's way uh fame i didn't um get a chance to explore their stuff as fully but their their idea of like parent centered parenting where it's like kids are make sure your kids are never inconvenient saying yeah. yeah struck me as very uh I'm not even going to say odd. Fucked up. Kids are inconvenient. That's what they are. Like, you, you, like you, why you have them if you... T- seriously. If you value like, your convenience that much, don't have a child. Don't have a child. Yeah. Yeah. But but the Bible says you have to have a child. So have a child and then make sure that they're silent and, you know, completely obedient. And, and I found this sort of parent-centered stuff. This, your child should never be loud. Your child should always obey you. Your child should always be silent and should never talk back. I found it so such a selfish and ungenerous way of parenting and also so cruel. Like what, what really also struck me about these books is like, there is a barely suppressed range of kids, Mm -hmm. barely suppressed. Like, first of all, I think a lot of the elaborate descriptions of beatings are like lascivious. They're lascivious. They feel sexual to me. And there is a whole interesting school, many interesting schools of thought about whether and how like spanking, which I fucking hate. I, I, I don't use the term spanking much. Right? I just like hitting kids because that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but like uh, there were many people who wrote to me and basically said some aspects of it felt violating, mm-hmm. especially because these communities emphasize modesty so intensely. And so when you're, by the time you're an 11 or 12 or 13 year old girl, 
you know, being stripped and beaten is deeply yeah. humiliating. Let's just let's just like put a pin in the fact that like my last spanking happened when I was sixteen. Yeah, and I had like, to be like, like, I don't think this is appropriate anymore. And him being like, I have to talk to your mom about this, but we're going to do this anyway, and then we'll deal with that later. Like, uh. <laughs> I was super lucky because as soon as I started puberty, my parents were like, no, no more spanking. They did other stuff. But like, I know so many people who were spanked into adulthood by their parents. Well, like, and I know... Yeah, it's just, it's, <sighs> the parents who had reservations about it really made good choices, even though they were being pressured so hard. And the parents who didn't, I have questions about their ability to empathize with people. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to get into too much detail, but like the the barely veiled rage of, rage at kids and like dislike of children is something that I experienced firsthand. And I think, you know, is a whole large reason why so many members of my family don't speak to my father anymore. It's like that, like mentality around children as progeny and not people is is something that like a lot of people latched onto and took very seriously and replicated elsewhere. I'm so sorry, Eve. I mean, I feel like a lot of what I've been doing over the past week, two weeks, is just saying like, I'm so sorry. Like, I hear what you what you're saying. You deserved better. I mean, you you deserve better in yes, your life. Yes, it like, sucks, and and it and it's it's not great, and it's you know, like. I have a very serious, like, will not talk to anyone who disagrees. Otherwise, like, I just, it's not that we won't communicate, but I just, like, this topic is off limits and, like, we do not touch it with anyone who doesn't, like, isn't willing to consider that spanking is sexual assault of children. Yeah, I mean, I'm not to belabor the point too much because I feel like I'm just like now I'm just like triggering your listeners too much. I mean, uh, but they, that's why we had a warning at the top. It's they knew what they were coming here for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, and, and and it's such a delicate line, by the way, to cross when you're like asking people for their pain. Mm-hmm. Like, and I felt so much intense fear and, and responsibility as I was writing this piece. And thankfully, like, I really... Uh, I feel so honored and grateful that most of the responses have been like, you handled this sensitively. You, you, you handled this thoughtfully. You did. It was, I, I, it was did, really good. It was a really good piece. And like, that's really important because being entrusted with that much pain to hold it carefully, to treat it honorably felt like a, a sacred and important thing for me. I don't mean to use sacred in any like, anything other than a wooey sense I mm-hmm. know that might be a triggering word <laughs> but it felt you know it felt important above all things to to treat that pain that was shared with me and trust because that's that's the antithesis of what they experienced exactly and even like but even just the act of like asking mm-hmm. them telling and me listening I think for a lot of people felt and just like me saying publicly, this sucks. This sucks. Yes. This sucks. You know, I didn't like one of the advantages of being a Substack, like janky journalist, you know, uh, it was like to leftist to be a staff writer or anywhere else. It's <laughs> like, I, uh, I don't have to fucking get quotes from focus on the family. Right. I didn't have to ask parents who raised their kids this way for their opinion. I don't like, this is an entirely survivor centered project. But, you know, it's like, yeah, once you hit puberty, if you're, par- I mean, and and I don't feel inclined to be fair to these child abuse manual writers, but like most of them do say like stop spanking at 10. But like you also instruct people to like solely control their kids through violence. So what the fuck yeah. do you expect? But yeah. like, it was like, like, like someone wrote in, like, I felt gratitude when my dad let me keep my underwear on. Yes. Oh was, my God. I yes. started my period. Yes. Yeah. I relate to this. Fuck. 
because I was menstruating. And it's like, you know, so there's an interesting book called Sex with Shakespeare. Here's much to do with pain and more with love. I have Um, read this and I have a lot of thoughts. (laughs) It's by Jillian Keenan. It's a memoir about the author's spanking fetish. It's really interesting. Uh, It's very horny. It's very literary. It's very well done. But, like, the reason why I read it in the context of this project is that Keenan makes a very strong argument that, like, children have developing sexualities. Like, she was arguing more for, like, spanking. Like, there are... her. She argues that her spanking fetish was, like, sort of innate and born. And, like, she experienced spankings as sexual assaults. Yeah. In, in ways that horrified her more than mm-hmm. actual rape. But I think, you know you're applying pressure to the you know but it's right next to the genitals yeah well so it's it's i mean uh, this is why i believe it is a form of sexual assault is like textbook proven like it is an erogenous zone and you're making blood rush to it it's just no just don't like just don't there are so many better ways that would actually be more effective to teach your kid boundaries than hitting them. Yeah. And like, it was like, I'll say this as an outsider, like, I mean, I didn't come in like naive about the evangelical world. Right. I didn't come in unknowing. Mm-hmm. I've read stuff. Like I, you know, I've read like some great blogs on, on Pathios and stuff, but like, I didn't realize how many people, were traumatized by wooden spoons. Yeah, yeah. By the sound of a by the by the sound of a belt. By, you know, all these like it's to me like there's a fucking uh, black a very, market for spankers that wouldn't leave bruises. Yep. Uh, and it's not even a, a black market. It's on Amazon. You can buy like paddles that say like. Proverbs twenty nine. No, but 15. like there's a there's a specific well for there was when I was a kid, like I had a family friend who was making uh spankers, these oblong, like you know, foot long, two and a half inches wide, rounded edges thing out of conveyor belt and rubber that he would solder together basically. And the idea was like these would act like a belt and they wouldn't leave bruises because of the like dimensions. Like it was a scientific project for him to be able to make, replicate, and sell these in the community to avoid the other parents in the community getting accused of child abuse. Because they were abusing. Because yep. they were abusing their kids. I mean, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: at what point? At no point in any of this, in the making, in the selling, did anyone be like? Is this fucked up? Are we the baddies? And I'm like, yeah, yeah you are. You are the baddies. And I, I mean, I've had a, I've had conversations with my mom where she kind of she did have that thought and she had that conversation with herself, and she ended up being like, "This is your call to my dad, and you can do this if this is the thing that you believe is right." But I'm not doing this, and she just like would be like, "All right, so there was like X amount of." events during the day that required discipline according to the rules that you made. And if you're going to insist on spanking the kids, like you do it when you get home from work. And I mean, a lot of people wrote to me and said that the waiting period, the like this worst. was not uncommon. Oh my God. Yeah. And, 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 and <laughs> okay. Other thoughts as an outsider looking at this. Uh, I mean, this idea, like don't spank out of anger, right? Yeah. Like, is it better to be struck by someone who's calm? No. no. Nope. It doesn't seem like that would be better. It seems like that would be really I would rather weird. get hit by someone who is mad because I, I mm-hmm. can make sense of it. Like, it makes sense, right? Like, it, I mean, that was my experience of being hit out of anger and it it's sucked. not great, and it's but it's still better than the, like, the calm and collected, yes. like... I am calm and this hurts you more than it hurts me. Like my family had a paddle hung up on the wall. I'm doing this because God wants me to. Yeah. Uh, right. And, and, uh, oh God, I have so many things I could say. Like I read so much for this piece, both people's testimonies and people's, uh, and like these books and like, uh, just to get it down to like even close to 4,000 words was a tremendous challenge. Like without it. feeling like I was doing short shrift and, 
part two is about like how this stuff affects romantic relationships and like I'm diving into like Bill Gothard and you know <laughs> I'm so sorry forum. thank you and uh... like and like all of this toxic Christian patriarchy shit and I'm like first of all if I have to mainline all this in four days plus like get more testimony from people plus write it up in a thoughtful and nuanced way like that's going to be hard. I don't know if I can handle it. Like, we'll see. Maybe I'll give myself an extra week. But anyway. Definitely take your time on it. The point is, there's there's always more behind the scenes than I can put in. Yeah. No, there's there's so and much here. If, okay. So, like, here, just, like, a couple random thoughts of, like, shit I found fucked up in reading this stuff. First of all, why are you comparing the Pearls and Dobson? Love comparing kids to dogs and mules and horses. Like, the Pearls, like, were, like... You know, a horse is happier when it's obedient, like a child. <laughs> so you only I'm sorry, what? You only whip your Yeah. Right. And 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 like Michael Pearl apparently said to some random woman, first of all, all the anecdotes read fake as fuck, right, but it's like right, right. they saw like she saw like an opinionated he saw an opinionated three year old and it was like to the mom, like, why don't you spank him and make him happy? Uh... And like no, no, Michael, you sadistic, weird bearded fuck. That's not how this works. Like, like, like silence and desperation to please. Michael, how do you feel about being told no? Right. Enlighten us. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, okay. And I was like, what, 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 what? <laughs> like, it's just, ugh. like, I would never let this man a galaxy near my child i would prefer he be yeeted into the sun mm-hmm. like, me I, too. I had so much anger and pain like reading this stuff just made me so angry and so sad and like the second thing was like like so i mentioned this in the piece but i also feel it's important to say like the american press fucking sucks it covers evangelicals yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I yes. have been yelling about this for years. Yes, it does. So yes, bad. it does. And and you know, I have problems with the people who are given the beat, who are inside the community because they cannot be critical of the community because they're still afraid of offending their fucking pastors. Right. So it's like you have this 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 interesting problem. First of all, American journalism is insanely classist. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a college degree, you will not become a journalist. Mm-hmm. This like, and that applies to a lot of ex-evangelicals in particular, yep. right? Yep. Um, the second thing is that like, there are just vanishingly few journalists from evangelical backgrounds in general, ex-van or straight-up evangelical. Period. Mm-hmm. And those who exist got their te- cut their teeth at World Magazine, and so don't know the first thing about journalism. Right. I mean, I'm not going to critique individual folks uh i leave that to you just just because that's not that's fine uh, i don't want to i have i have no problem getting the flag for this one (laughs) (laughs) so you have a lack of insider knowledge and understanding of the world yeah but also because evangelicals even though this isn't demographically accurate evangelicals are perceived as a white group Mm -hmm. in the u.s so it's sort of like um a more a distilled version of the way like the American press treats like Trump voters where it's this mix of utter deference, like, like, like weird undue deference. Like you guys are the real Americans. You guys are truly the ones that, that understand family, you know, and condescension. Yep. But you're you know, also like, idiots. Like, don't hush hush. We don't have. Yeah. Like your ideas are stupid. You're not real people with interior lives. Like your, your ideas are fundamentally unserious and ignorant. And so that combination is really toxic. Mm-hmm. It means like you get no insightful journalism at all. Um, and also that a lot of the pieces that are written like by Christians and evangelicals are like, like deeply uncritical and they're so stupid. <laughs> like there've been two pieces in the last week that were written like by sort of Baptist pastor types. Oh. And they're like, one was like, one was in the Atlantic and one was in the times. And one was like, why evangelical is be- like evangelical evangelical is becoming a synonym for Republican. And like, I'm like, Honey. Is, is becoming? <laughs> yeah. Did that back with Reagan. Let's go back to the history <laughs> yeah. books. Right. Like, 
like yeah <laughs> and then peter wenner in, in the atlantic who's like some christian bigwig i don't know yeah but... my I, I my mother told me i needed to read the piece because it was quite thoughtful and i haven't looked at it yet i mean it was like relatively thoughtful kind of but it was very whitewashy Mm -hmm. like it was like oh like the american church has been you know there's so much cruelty in our churches now because of trump and i'm like you mean your churches that were founded to protest integration right yeah let's let's like back up here honey i have news it wasn't trump that did it like it's like it's such a whitewash Mm -hmm. i mean not to be punny unintentionally it's it was just like come on and I don't, it's like, I don't think, I don't, I has, I don't want to write off any group as, as bad people or an erase individualism because that's not a project that like I want to engage in. But I think it's important to look critically at like what actual primary source texts say and what actual people say and think and feel and do like, and Reading these parenting books was a radicalized experience. Radicalizing experience. And I, I will just, you know, to this is going to be awkward, but I'm going to defend the parents here for a second. Here, you know how in the lit world we have this like, let's let's take Sally Rooney as an example. If you don't like Sally Rooney's books, you can't say shit. You know, if if you don't like X popular darling you keep your mouth shut and you keep your head down and you don't talk about it. And so there's a lot of parents from this world who like my mom had problems with the texts that were being taught, but did not communicate that to their children, did not defend their children from those who were engaged in it, did not push back on the leadership who was pushing it. And, you know, this is not to to defend their complicity because they were absolutely complicit. But there is this like social pressure dynamic that I think, um, you know, you cannot make a monolith of the parents who bought these books as much as it would be nice to to do. I mean, no, absolutely not. And like, that's not my project, you know? No, I know it's my not. project is to <laughs> To talk to and honor survivors, like, and, and think about this in a nuanced way. And actually, like, there were several people that wrote to me and said, like, I think without the Dobson books, my parents wouldn't have hit me. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. <laughs> or, or these books were handed out in churches. Mm-hmm. These books were handed out by church ladies to expectant moms. Yep. Like, you know, of course, this is a milieu of social pressure. Right. Also, something I've been thinking about a lot in terms of the, like, I turned out fine brigade, uh, <laughs> but also like, you know, thinking about the, the courage and thoughtfulness and the work that the people who, who so generously shared their experiences with me have done. It's like, and, and, and a little insight from my life too, is like, it is a very hard thing to be like, I love my parents. I know they did their best. They hurt me mm-hmm. and it was wrong. Yep. To hold those two things, I think a lot of people. It's all or nothing. It's black so and white. all or nothing. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. It's, it's like, and I, I, that's how, I mean, it's hard to hold those two ideas at the same time. People can be abusive and still not have meant to be. And yep. both can exist at the same time. Not have meant to be or had mitigating, not mitigating, but like, you know, circumstances, circumstances that caused them to be that mm-hmm. way. They they can have done their best, and their best can have been wrong. Like you don't actually have to double down and defend hitting kids no. because you were hit and love your parents, or like if you did hit your kids, it doesn't. Like I think it's a bad thing that you did, but like I'm not advocating for you to be thrown off a building, and it doesn't end your p- possibility of a healthy relationship with your child later. Yeah. It. it but it does require you asking forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It does require you humbling yourself to a degree, saying I was wrong. And so many people who were raised this way, well, you know, one of the questions I asked, because part three will be about breaking the cycle, <laughs> which is actually slightly hopeful, and I'm very excited to write. I wrote, like, 
if you are a parent, did you raise your kids this way? Did you break from it? Did you find it hard to think of alternate methods of parenting, find alternate methods of parenting? And so many people said, I did spank my kids a bit when they were little and I stopped. You know, I didn't know any better. I didn't know anything else. One guy even said, I had to relearn a mentality, you know, learn like, like whatever, re-educate myself from a mentality where anything smaller than me, a pet or a kid was something to be dominated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that is what this mentality teaches you. And, oh, sorry. The reason I, I went into like that whole rant about the press and like evangelical ideas are unserious. I totally got, <laughs> it's okay. Derailed, but the, like the theology presented in these books is a coherent theology. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's a coherent theology. It, it is like a well-built theology. I understand why people read these and were like, Oh, God does compel me to hit their kid, like my kids or other, otherwise they'll go to hell. Mm -hmm. Like, here they, they present scriptural sources. They, they, they bring up, you know, Ted Tripp has this whole weird theological principle of the circle of blessing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Which is the umbrella of blessing. Thank you. Thank you. He's just updated uh, Gothard's umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like by hitting your kid, you bring him back into the circle mm -hmm. of blessing. And like, I'll say this as a Jew, right? It really fucking annoys me when people uh, conflate the word Christian with the word good <laughs> and put Christian in scare quotes whenever they disagree with somebody. Mm. I'm like, the I don't no know. true Scotsman fallacy is fucked up here. It's also very deep. It's yeah. very deep in like every kind of American Christian, yep. especially if you're not a Christian, yep. you know, and you critique that, people get real mad. So I'll say this Christian and good are not synonyms. There are like good non Christians too. And all of the people that you're calling fake Christians with your scare quotes believe in Christ very sincerely. Mm -hmm. So did the people who killed my grandparents' families. Like, you know, you, you, it's so ahistorical. It's like, you know, like it, it whatever. It, it pisses me off for a variety of reasons. Let's put it that way. For good reasons, yeah. So yeah. like these are, these are Christian people who want to serve Christ who want to be godly and these books and ministries and tapes and homeschool curricula are very much telling them if you don't hit your kids, you're defying God. Yep. And they truly, and, truly and, believe that this is the kind thing to be doing. But yeah. I mean, Ted Tripp is like, he's like, Oh, I overheard. I mean, it's very like overheard in a coffee shop bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like all the, anecdotes. you know, he made it up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, like definitely. He's like, <laughs> I overheard two parents talking about how to balance discipline and love. And like, I almost spat out my donut. Cause like, you know, what do you mean? Discipline is love. And I'm like, mm. and I know what discipline means in his book. Yeah. It's hitting your kids. Yep. And like, no, no, no. Like, hitting, hitting and love are not the same thing. <laughs> They're not. This is why reading Bill Hooks was so revolutionary for me after my divorce. It was like, Love and abuse cannot coexist. And just like that was, it was such an intense reframe and it was so helpful just as a particular antidote to this exact theology. Well, and, and the theology very much emphasizes in different ways and flavors, different degrees of sadism, different degrees of faith centrism, that it's like this doctrine of total depravity yep. or whatever, mm -hmm. like mankind has inborn sin and, like, your children will be, like, lustful and greedy if you don't discipline yeah. them. Like, that's the sort of, like, yeah. reason the peril of hell hangs over unspanked kids is because, like, their natural instincts towards sinfulness, mm -hmm. like, inborn in the garden or whatever mm -hmm. of Eden, like, have not been checked properly. And, first of all, it's, like, a very violent view of children. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I think Thompson literally is, like all these people who say children are innately good, they're totally wrong. <laughs> like, okay. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, guess, guess you learned that from your mom's girdle. Like, mm -hmm. Captain Dobson, are you, you are a child psychologist. And, and how, how do you reconcile that with child development? Because like this, so much of the community we grew up in is like psychology is bunk. 
depression is a sin issue. It's a lack of faith symptom, not an actual medical thing. And mental health stuff just like isn't real. And so I just have so many questions. I have questions. I have so many questions. Dobson, first of all, I mean, Dobson is a sick fuck. He's like, I just can't believe so many parents like read I know it was handed out at church and there's social context and social pressure. And I, I get that. But the first chapter of the book is about beating the fuck out of a dog. Yeah. How did that like, not flag people? You know, I don't, you know, I don't know. I just, I some, some of this, like, you know, I, I, I want to like ask class questions, like class and rural urban divide questions about like how people see dogs like and not to say like this there's any justification here but like having lived in a culture where dogs are like dirty and you don't bring them inside and they have one job and that is to make noise when someone comes into your yard and like they're not sentient beings to have a relationship with like I can sort of see why that would make be like not a red flag, but also then how do you make that analogy for children? The jump just dies there. Or does it? Because that's very much the way these books see kids too, in a way. Yeah. Like, like they're vessels of sin, Mm. not extensions of you, not like, I don't know. And, And to me, it's like, as much as these books talk about like, you should balance the rod with communication. Love your kid. I'm like, you know, you should love your kid. Like, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, it, I think if you're beating the fuck out of your kid all the time, they probably won't want to hang out with yeah. you. Yeah, that was like, like a thing for me. Whenever my parents would like punish me, my mom would then be like, "Oh, let me give you a hug because I love you," and I'd just be like, "No, like there's." you are being really abusive to me and you think I'm going to believe that you love me right after you like berated me or beat the shit out of me. Like there's no, I felt so guilty when I went away to college because I had zero homesickness. My, I had the most space I had ever had in my own room like I I had a shared dorm room and I had the most space I'd ever had to myself I had the most privacy I'd ever had to myself no one was going to touch my shit no one was going to start shit with me no one was going to like make me feel bad for existing no one was going to interrupt me for doing my homework to like go and fix things for them I felt really guilty because everybody else around me was like you know just miserable and like missing mom and I'm just like is something wrong with me here? And no, there, there isn't. There was something wrong with like with the way I was treated at home. Yeah, I mean, so two other things: this warped sibling relationships. Yes, oh uh, like, yes, so deeply. Like because Dobson, in particular, divides children up into compliant versus strong-willed. Mm. And of course, if your kid is uh, strong-willed, you know, the rod can help. So you had kids, many kids. First of all. The most one of the most more heartbreaking things of the, the whole thing was people saying, I don't know what made me strong. Well, I was a good kid. I don't know why they spanked me so much. Or if I was so strong willed, whatever made me that way, I want it back. Yeah. Right? Well like that And in some extreme cases they like empowered the older siblings to spank the younger siblings. It just like Yes, it was a very common pattern. Yeah. Like and and and, and it's also explicitly recommended. By the pearls. Fuck them <laughs> so much. It, like it's like empower your your kids to spank their siblings. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, but you know, if in a house where like one kid tries desperately to comply because they're afraid, you know, and another kid reacts by saying, "You won't break me." Fuck you. Right. Both of which are entirely valid responses to ongoing trauma. You then have one kid who believes they're better mm-hmm. than the other kid. You have kids who are, and often these are big families, obviously, right? You ha- you have to listen to your siblings being beaten yep. constantly yep. every day. The nightmares. And that's traumatizing in Oof. and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, so that there was that. And, of course, part two is focusing on romantic relationships. I'll say this. 
Okay, so all of the authors recommend holding your kid after you spank them. Holding them and telling them you love them. I mean, Dobson, who's like the the, the moderate one, right? Comparative to the Pearls mm-hmm. and Trip, who are like just outright sadistic. But even Dobson, he's like, oh, he tells this like lovely little story of his home life. Where his daughter, Danae, uh, was 15 months old. And she was stepping out onto the balcony and her mom wanted her to not step on the balcony because it was muddy or something. And like she kept running out because she was fucking less than three. She's like, she doors work. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, she's 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 less than two. Sorry, I can't do that <laughs> uh, when I'm mad. But like um, then it's like, so my wife, Shirley, like switched her on the legs with a willow rod. And then she cried and then she looked up and she said, love, mommy. And her mom held her beautifully and whispered to her softly about obedience. I'm like, first of all, that's creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second of all, what you're describing has two words, trauma bonding. Yep. Which is the experience of, in an abusive relationship when someone hurts you and traumatizes you by verbal abuse or physical assault, then also becoming your source of comfort. Yep. By being like, it's okay. I forgive you for having to hit you. Yeah. And it is a principal mechanism by which people are 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 bonded to their abusers. So you're setting your kid up. You're setting your kid up to be abused. Yep. In romantic relationships and like so many of the people and like the the chief focus of part 2 will be how this is a fucking setup mm-hmm. to have people abused. It is. Um, it is. In it, it really is. It makes me so angry whenever I think about it because it's just like grooming kids all the way to be abused in adulthood, and then blaming those kids for being abused in adulthood as if like you didn't do that to your child their entire childhood. Like you, you normalize violence, physical violence. You normalize you grind the will out of kids. Like you make it a sin to express your opinion in any form or fashion. And then act all surprised when like kids can't assert themselves Mm -hmm. with romantic partners. You tell them their natures are sinful and then get surprised when they expect and even crave poor treatment from partners and don't know how to expect better and, and wouldn't know to expect better. And, and on the subject of the parent child bond being an enemy of authoritarianism, a lot of people wrote to me and said, when I had my kid, I realized I didn't want to hit them. And that's why I left. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a really With common authentic, experience. Authentic parent-child love that isn't mitigated by violence, that isn't mm-hmm. subject to this barely disguised disgust, can be a super powerful and redemptive force. Yeah. I mean, just absorbing all of this pain and trying to hold it gently like this has been a difficult experience i had my first night terror and recording it. but like i also think that being out here and just saying like don't hit your fucking kids don't do it it's powerful Not even it's, it's, yeah. it's really still unfortunately revolutionary and this is i want to close with this this is the story i was going to tell you um have you read the un rights of the child act i haven't I would encourage you as you are looking at your third section to go read that. When I read that for the first time, I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Kyrgyzstan and I was reading it because I was going to have to abide by its standards as an educator. Kyrgyzstan has ratified it. The U.S. has not. The U.S. has not specifically ratified it because it would have to uh, end spanking as a legal practice in the U S and homeschool fundamentalist parents lobbied hard to make that happen. Obviously these things are not necessarily upheld as, you know, UN acts or whatever. If we uh, we join it doesn't mean that like they're going to enforce that here. I certainly saw teachers hitting kids in, in the schools in Kyrgyzstan, but just reading it killed me. I had to walk out of the training and go cry in the hall because it was, overwhelming to see what kind of dignity and like protection could have been available to me and was actively 
pushed back against by the people who, you know, agreed with the materials that you're reading because they wanted to protect the distribution of the materials that you're reading. Yeah, I mean, I'm so sorry, first of all. Like, I'm sorry. I I, I feel like I'm, I've been saying that a lot. Like, I'm, so, I'm sorry. It that sucks. It, sucks. It, is, it is what it is. It sucks. It's, it's bad. Like, like, I'm sorry. It's terrible. You deserve better. This is depraved. This is bad. Like, even just saying that as an outsider, I think has power for people. It mm-hmm. really does. So I will say it as many times as I must and as eloquently as I must, long and short. Like, I will keep saying it. Because you don't unlearn this stuff. And I also will be like writing about it at greater length for my my second book. But um, I think if I had to, I mean, I guess there's a, a, a few like closing thoughts, but, but to narrow it down, like I think, yeah, kids deserve dignity. They deserve autonomy. They deserve not to be af- like afraid of, of the people that are supposed to protect them. Yeah. Kids are not sinful beings they are selfish because they're learning how to live and growing takes a lot of energy and time yeah and they can be infuriating but like inflicting i mean inflicting violence i think there are occasions where violence is warranted in this world like i'm in the punch nazi anti-fascism crew like mm-hmm. if the clan comes to town like you know, you can run them out of town. Like, I'm <laughs> yes. not like, I'm not Here like, never hit anyone, yeah. never hit anyone, whatever. I'm not a Quaker. I'm not a pacifist, whatever. A kid? Never fucking hit a kid. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't make your kids. Don't, don't hit your kids. <laughs> like, I don't care if you think you Simple. It's so it's simple. Like, it, it should not be this like, hard. And like, and like to the, it, I doubt that I turned out fine brigade is listening to this podcast. <laughs> Uh, but in case any of them, not, I, I don't mean to insult your listeners more like, it seems like they're thoughtful people who are working on deconstructing their difficult paths. Right. I assume that's the, yeah. the, the demographic, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. But like, if anyone is lurking there or you want to talk to the, I turned out fine people in your life. It's like, if you're advocating child assault, you didn't turn out fine. Yes. Correct. You didn't, you didn't turn out fine because because you're actively advocating for violence that was inflicted on you to be inflicted on others. Yep. It doesn't teach kids boundaries. It messes with kids' brains in like scientifically demonstrated ways. You know, don't do it. And that's 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 Talia's message. <laughs> I like it. The name of the episode is going to be "Don't Hit Your Kids." It's um, that's, pretty straightforward. It's, it's yeah, you, you can even say don't fucking at your kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for one writing this and listening to people's stories and doing the research and and also talking about it here. Of course. I mean, this is one of the more meaningful journalistic experiences I've had in years. Like I, I had a moment of like, oh, this is why I went into this profession. Like it, 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 it is not bereft of meaning for me or a pure act of sacrifice like it feels important to tell these stories that are so undertold so if you're interested in and and thank you for engaging so thoughtfully in the conversation and like just letting me stumble around like a bull in a china shop being like this is this, this, is, this is how these conversations go honestly like this is this is the process but uh if you want to find me so i'm on twitter uh at chick underscore in underscore kiev but if you search Talia, T-A-L-I-A, Laven, L-A-V-I-N. That's outcome right up. And my Substack, which is fledgling and still new and has about 3,000 subscribers, nice. and I'd love more, is uh, is called The Sword and the Sandwich, parts two and three of the series on corporal punishment and its consequences will be coming out in the next few weeks. I can't promise, like, Monday, Monday, I might give myself more time, both for, like, mental health and also like journalistic betterment reasons but definitely within the next month the rest of the series will come out uh i would love your feedback i'd love your opinions and if you want to get in touch on any of these topics um my email is taliyalavenwrites at gmail.com and please don't be shy to reach out awesome thank you we will include all that in the notes this was this is um, fantastic
Don't hit your kids. Don't hit your kids. Bye. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Cult podcast. Our music is from the track Janet by the Bend the Heavens on their album Stenazzo. Our producer is Dave the Great. Our podcast is made possible by Patreon donations from listeners like you. To support us and join our community on Slack, check out patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. Thanks for listening.